as part of the Jeremiah Show. It's the Arwen Lewis Show. Arwen Lewis is a singer, a songwriter, and a guitarist. She inhabits our blue planet, but her beliefs belong in the celestial realm. As the daughter of Peter Lewis, a founding member of rock and roll cult icons Moby Grape, and the granddaughter of Oscar-winning actress Loretta Young, she's been part of the creative cosmos all of her life. She's a slice of sonic heaven, poised to enter your heart, mind, and soul. She's an artist, producer, and writer, and she's your radio host. Good morning, everybody. You're listening to Arwen Lewis on the Arwen Lewis Radio Show. I'm part of the Jeremiah Show, and my segment interviews a local and independent musical artist uh, to showcase their careers and their music and experiences in the world of the music business. Uh, today, my very special guest is Los Angeles-based musician, songwriter, and film composer and scene staple George Adrian. Hi, George. How's it going? I'm all right. How are you doing, Aaron? <laughs> Good. Did you like my speech? <laughs> yeah, it was really, this is really nice. Except for the uh, the film composer part, it's been about 25 years. But um, I, I do dabble in, in cues here and there. But yeah. Well, I wanted to at least talk about some of the stuff. Sure, you did. heck yeah, uh, yeah, yeah of course, hundred cool. percent. Awesome. Yeah. Well, welcome. Um, so I thought we'd just kind of start by talking about like where you got into music in the first place. I was reading your bio and it says that uh, you started playing at the age of five. Um, so what made you start to play music? Well, my, my dad, he was very musical. You know, at one point he was an opera singer and um, he just loved classical music and thought I'd be a, a classical pianist. <laughs> so yeah. uh, about 12 years old, I ruined that form and wanted a guitar after I heard after I heard a uh, Heaven and Hell by Black Sabbath. I'm like, no, oh. I think I want to play that electric thing. That sounds cool. <laughs> so, well, I feel like metal and Black Sabbath or any of those bands had like a classical influence. Um, oh, for know. sure. Yeah. I mean, it's all music, right? And so I also was, you know, um, Greek immigrant. So my parents were um, was exposed to a lot of Greek folk music as well. A lot of musicians coming through since my, my dad was really into music. And so there was always music at the house. I was, I was learning a lot. Fact, that's why I tend to dabble in a lot of like waltzes, three fours, and six eight time signatures. It's just because I had that in, instilled in me so young. Um, but you know, yeah, music's music. And I mean, if you listen to like my my last release, um, my solo release, the road trip um, com, com, to what I'm doing with my new band uh, now, uh, with what I do with you and your dad, you know, uh, it's wild landscape right i mean yeah, you go cool. from some parts like really heavy i mean uh recently touring with jerry cantrell from alice in chains you know um yeah. playing that that heavy music to um some of the more beautiful vocal melodies that you and i and your dad put together on those songs that we're writing right so it's it's across the spectrum well, and I feel like that's really cool that because you're so versed, you're able to jump between all these genres and it's kind of like an exploration of different aspects of life and like the human conditions and like you're able to do that. Through yeah, music. agreed. Yeah, you know what that I'm absolutely right. It depends um, what you feel like expressing a certain time in your life. You know, for a, a long time, I was um, as being a club dog la scene staple if you would you know however you, want, however you put it, it was actually much better than the way i put it but um i i also uh started a band about 20 years ago and we and we made a lot of noise during the time that music business was dying you know after Napster came out everything was collapsing i think the numbers were something like it went from a nine billion dollar a year enterprise to four a lot of, i remember a lot of friends losing their jobs you know and never getting back into the music business you know a and r guys people in all different facets of the, of the industry um and it was it was tough sledding for us then and we had already been kind of like so so to speak jaded i guess a little bit you know i had i'd been signed up to aristide and i thought different things that i had been doing uh in my my early 20s and then um when i was putting this band together my next band Jay with my partner Chad, we thought it would be like a lifelong endeavor. Yeah. Fortunately, he passed away last year. Um, you know, I know that's a drag, you know, and so I had to like also switch gears into like what I was going to do next. Um, and so I started a new band. I'm very excited about that um, for the next chapter of my life. And also meeting you and your dad, you know, that was yeah. totally unexpected in the club scene. And yeah, um, the music we express is, 
probably one of the freest, most purest uh, truth music, I guess. You know, that's how I feel. That's the only way I can really, you know, it's just, it's yeah. so honest. It's so musical. Yeah. And it's interesting, like, we talk about, like, us, our three generations, you know, like, three different yeah. perspectives um, coming together and agreeing on something musically and all of these three different personalities. And all bands do that, right? You know, everybody has something that they bring to the table. Um, but I think there's this really interesting dynamic between all of us. And for me, it's been so cool because I've learned so much and especially about harmony. And oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> you know, I remember the, at first when I was just, like, sitting there when we were writing songs peter and i and he would say something and i would like that that you know inside i would literally say oh that sounds terrible yeah. <laughs> like, like what, what is what, what is he thinking you know and then yeah. i'd go home and i'd sit with him like oh my god it's genius you know i mean it's really genius and then and i started to just be open to like this perspective from what he has seen and how he puts stuff together and then when you came in there um and he started you know we're like let's work on these three-part harmonies I'm like, okay, you know, and then our voices, I think, naturally kind of blend well. So we're just lucky in that way. Yeah. And, and then where he would take us, you know, like his knowledge of harmony, I'm like, oh, wow, that I hadn't ever really experienced it like that. You know, so yeah. it's, it's pretty cool that, I mean, you know, and what I bring to it, what you bring to it, our points of view, like, you, yeah, absolutely. Well, and because you, I mean, we all come from very different backgrounds. I mean, I kind of was an offshoot from him because that's where I started learning. But I had him on the show last week. And what I really pointed out, too, was that he had so much exposure well, to classical music. And like he was learning a lot of instrumental surf music that was really complex, um, like Dick Dale and things like yeah, that yeah. Um, when he was younger. But when he was a child, he would see all these Broadway musicals. And I feel like all of that, so, those song structures and the music, because he had already, you know, began to understand um, the foundations of music, they became kind of like engraved in like the way he writes songs. Like, I feel like they're all, even though he shortens them and cuts the cuts and pastes things, like for some reason it ends up coming out to be, I don't know, just like a full and complete piece that could fit into a musical and it's weird how he like changes keys and musically it doesn't really make any sense but for yeah. some reason it and then it's genius great. when you sit back and listen to it and, and live with it you know that's that's to me like is the best music too like uh, music that takes like some actual like sit down and listening time you know yeah um and and then when those you know black boxes start opening up you're like oh my god yeah. You know, and, and it sticks with you forever and it's like those and it marks time even you know like this time in my life because of this well, yeah, and like, well, I and I want to talk about like, all, like, kind of the stuff in the beginning of your career too, like with Jay. Like, how did you meet them? Were you in the Cat Club because you were a resident in the Cat Club, right? When yeah, you I did. Um, I was uh, eleven years, twice a week. Um, okay. Yeah, and in fact, I was the very last note ever played there live on the it was a Saturday night. The night they closed, <laughs> but um, yeah, and uh, actually, um, Didi Ramon before he passed away from the Ramones. Mm -hmm. He he had a, 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 res, a short residency there as well, and I was opening for Didi, cool. and he had met my partner Chad. Okay, um, and Chad is like probably the most knowledgeable, or was the most knowledgeable music historian. I mean, I, I he could sit down with him and he would open up like an encyclopedia about everything. I mean, he just knew music in and out. And I guess Didi was really enamored by that and asked him to DJ between bands, and so. Uh, so Chad was up there and after, you know, a couple months of me playing, you know, obviously I would, I would hang out, watch DD or whatever, maybe come a little early, hang out. And I started listening to the songs being played over in the, in the bar. And I'm like, this is amazing. Like, how does he even know I have this music? So eventually yeah. <laughs> I just went up there and introduced myself. And I'm like, hey, man, like your selection of music's insane. <laughs> He's like, yeah. he, he really got a kick out of that. Okay. And he uh, he was in a band at the time that had broken up just recently. They were, I think, the first band actually ever signed through Drive Through Records, which is a, a pretty well-to-do like punk label. Okay. And um, they uh, they just imploded. They were called Cousin Oliver, and okay. he was like looking to do. He was really into Elliot Smith, and he wanted to do something like that for himself. And then when we, I, he's like, he's asked me if I would produce it and. Um, Play guitar in it because he really you know he got to listen to me play all the time and sing i said absolutely and then when we started just kind of like him and like peter and i you know like all of a sudden we just started working on his music and he's like heck let's just start a band and we just wrote our own music and um and we met this guy owen sloan who was um, a very uh he's like a 
a big figure in the music industry. Like he's like at the Clive Davis level. He's Google him. <laughs> so and uh, I know who he is. Yeah. 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 And he. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's right. Your dad actually knew who he was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, he uh, he was really into us um, from the beginning, and he he really tried to put us together. And then we met um, at the time. Like I said, the music industry was imploding, but and things were in flux like every day. And then Rogers and Colin, which is a very big, um, I think they might be the biggest uh, PR firm there is. You know, and they they were trying to like make themselves relevant to smaller labels and indie bands. And so they they went on a search for like a, a band in Los Angeles that they could help promote. Um, and they picked us, you know, out of a, and so we were, you know, all, all these amazing people were, were in, um, had a hand in Jay. And so we put out our first release and it was like, you know, we were kind of an indie darling for a little while. Yeah. And, um, and we were also, we turned down a few things cause we had been, you know, worked in the music business, having record deals, things like that, the old school way and not the new paradigms. And, um, we, we're just comfortable taking our time, you know, and I thought I had time. I thought it was a lifeline there, but you know, again, life is how it is. And um, well, but it's I, an amazing journey. Yeah. And you've got all those recordings and the memories and yeah. that's, what's so cool about music. And um, we'll pick up with this after the break, yeah. too, but it's that like, it it's timeless. Once you've recorded it and it's there, like you never, it's, there's no way of like, I mean, I guess there's a way of destroying it, but not really. It's there somewhere now, especially yeah, yeah. everything. And so you can always kind of it take a song or a recording or a piece of music takes you back uh, to, you know, how you felt at the time when you were making it. Or maybe you learn something new every time you hear the song. And yeah. I was who was I, I was listening to David Frick interview somebody and he was talking about how, like, when you hear a record or you go to a live show, it's like you go there, you're one person when you arrive. And then when you leave, if it's like done its job, you leave as a new person like a cathartic yeah, right. yeah absolutely and your music does that um oh, but we're gonna pick up with uh more of this conversation after the break uh my special guest today is george adrian um musician and songwriter and touring musician from los angeles and we're gonna take you out to break with his song soldier of fortune and that's off of his uh, solo record, Road Trip. This is one of my favorite songs. And we'll bring you back in from the break uh, with How Do You Know, another one of my favorite songs. And you can find out more about George Adrian at official um, George Adrian on Instagram. And then your website, again, is it officialgeorgeadrian.com? It's just George Adrian. Georgeadrian.com. Yeah. And cool. And you can find him on all the listening um, platforms under his name George Adrian and you're listening to Arwen Lewis on the Arwen Lewis radio show enjoy soldiers of fortune Hey, this is George Adrian. Please visit me at georgeadrian.com and find updates on my new band, Seven Star, where our EP will be coming out this fall. And you are listening to The Arwen Lewis Show. I hear talk downtown You know the swill that goes around Being overrun by preppies, I seen gone underground. Now I enjoy a fine meal. Epicureans are no big deal. But leave something to 
everybody you're listening to the arwin lewis radio show i'm here with my very special guest george adrian he's an accomplished musician singer and songwriter recording artist and touring musician also has had some experience in uh composing for film and we're here talking today about his extensive career in the music business you can find more information out about him at georgeadrian.com and uh we're going to jump back into the conversation um, and talk about a new project you've got going with um, Alex. Uh, how do you say his last name? Locasio. And then um, uh, Audrey, Audrey Whiteman. Whiteman. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I <have> terrible handwriting. It's <laughs> <laughs> all good. Yeah. Nicely done. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool for reading up on that. Yeah. Um, what my one of my closest friends, um, Tyler Bates, is a very accomplished um, film composer and, and producer. We uh, we were in the like local bands in Chicago where we, we both came up and became fast friends. Uh, he's like one. He's probably my, one of my best friends in the world. And yeah. is my one of my best friends in the world. And when we started out, he, um, that's actually where we first composed. Uh, we we got this gig to um, to help out his brother who was working on a movie that ended up being like a, a cult classic called Psycho Cop Two. Right. And then the director and then the people from that camp kind of got us another gig, um, which was scoring a feature film called The Blue Flame. So we did that. I saw the bug in him and he was like, you know what? I think I, I could see that the writing was on the wall. He really enjoyed film composing. He was going to go down that road and made a huge success. I mean, if you uh, know Tyler Bates, he just he's done all the John Wick movies, Guardians of the Galaxy one and two. I mean, it's a, a long run of an awesome career. Yeah. And producing amazing artists as well. And but that being said, so he um, he had the band in Chicago um, was longtime drummer Alex Lacasio. Okay, and so he moved out here with um, with uh, later, I guess, a little bit after Tyler. And then they had a band called Pet for a little while in the '90s, which is a really cool art band that was um, signed through Tori Amos. Okay, uh, oh, and uh, and so Alex and Alex would always you know cut drums and you know do some shows showcases for me he's just like a world-class musician and so you know he was always in him since i've known as long i've known him as long as i knew tyler obviously you know he was just in and around the circle um we never in a real band together for more than like a minute but we we tried to like he always helped and like if i needed someone on a demo or this or that or gig right so we stayed in touch um when i knew uh you know when i the process with my buddy, like when he wasn't doing so well, I was like, well, what am I going to do in the future? I'm like, I put it in his ear, like, hey, I think I want to start something, you know, for like the, the next, I don't know, 10 years. <laughs> so we'll just need, uh, or, or, or sooner, you never know, right? But I'm like, if you know anybody, I'm going I'm to be touring uh, 22 and 23, but I'll be in town for these dates and these dates. Maybe we can get together and, uh, you know, have a beer at the worst. Um, have started band at the best. Win-win. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, win-win, right. So we uh, we got in a room and he, he suggested Audrey. He had been playing with her for like 20 years or something like that. And um, and it just, you know, we, day one was kick-ass. Yeah. Um, day two was more kick-ass. Um, so it just kept going and going. And we just kept, like, we literally wrote like one or two songs every time we got together. That's how you uh, know it's meant to be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, we ended up going and recording about a, almost like a dozen of them. And, a little less and then uh, we're going to put out five of them as an ep this fall and do you have a band name i don't know if i caught that or not yeah we got, we're <laughs> yes we have uh whittled it down to seven star <laughs> oh that's a cool name thanks what's, yeah. what's the uh, meaning behind you know it what? after you have a spreadsheet with four thousand names on <laughs> you're just like you get you this just get one and this drunk. one yeah literally that's how we did it that's awesome. so we, we like the alliteration we're going with that you know um it's and you know there's just so many all the one word names are taken. Yeah. Um, you know, it's yeah. So seven star. There you go. That's a, yeah, that's a cool name. Thanks, Very groovy. Yeah. Hopefully you'll remember it. Yeah. No, everyone will. 
watch <laughs> out seven star is going to take over the world with their new ep cool um and yeah so that's something you've been working on and also i guess we can talk about a little more about what we're doing with my dad too if you want to that would um, be awesome yeah uh, well i mean it's a big it's very important music and i'm i think what um, I, I would really like to make sure is like is our, like we were talking about how we're going to release this ep so when peter and i and you got together like it's been about five six years and and the, we kept writing and writing and writing and we, we put these songs together i'd say there's probably about at least a dozen right i mean yeah commingled uh someone wrote a little bit more than the other i mean you your songs we all kind of just got in there and um I, and the three-piece version of it, I thought was a great idea because, like you know, like you said earlier, like having it multi-generational. I think it's a cool story. Our, our voices blend well together, and the music is very, very unique and very raw and very truthful. Yeah. Um, and then I, I, I really wanted this to to be like a proper recording with like sit down with some studio musicians, but you know, the pandemic and and whatnot, and like being you, you know you guys being up here and up there and me being down here. I think our solution, what we should tell everybody, is to we're going to release a live EP, which I'm actually a little bit more excited now. You That's going to be fun it's and be like, fun. and it's yeah, yeah, and come to the show. Oh, it's on August 23rd at Lost Chord yes. Guitar and Solving. Um, we're going to record live to their awesome soundboard. It's a great venue. We've spent a lot of time performing there. I perform there once yeah. a month. Um, and the owner's name really quick is Chris Polonis and he, um, is a sound engineer and great musician, singer, songwriter himself. Um, but he designed the room to be like the most exquisite listening room and the speakers are perfect. Um, the walls are hollow. And so anyway, if you, you get the room mics and then we'll direct straight to the board, like we're going to have a great mix and it's we'll how exciting. Yeah. And what a cool way to put out an EP, you know, live, I mean, truly live, it's going to be live, 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 you know, um, and, and the people are always, yeah. yeah, sorry, go ahead. Oh no. Well, yeah. I feel like people are always in a good mood there too. So like, it'll be a yeah. lot of vibe from the audience yeah. and, you yeah. know, good time I, for sure. Uh, so in the end, I think it worked out best for us. You know, I think you discovered the, the, the club. Yeah. And then, um, um <clears throat> yeah. yeah. And so what a, what a jewel, you know, yeah. to, to know and to have, and, you know, yeah, like you said, you know, you obviously played there a lot and, and the three of us and other musicians played there a lot. Yeah. Uh, so we know it. We I feel comfortable, and I'm I'm really excited releasing this music. It's been sitting there, kind of like percolating now for five years, right? And um, and, some and you know, cool it, songs, some like cool songs. Yeah. Some things that you and my dad have come up with, like they're. I mean, I I guess we won't say the names of anything yet because yeah. we don't want to ruin the surprise. Yeah. But um, wow, like I just I've never heard anything like it. And I guess what's your guys's writing process like? Um, do like, cause like, so I wasn't there half of the time when you guys were writing yeah. songs, you know, I kind of came in later yeah. to bring my songs, but how do you guys work together? Let's just tell the audience, you know, what your experience is working with my dad. And by the way, my dad's name is Peter Lewis. He is a founding member of the rock and roll uh, band Moby Grape. And anyway, so we'll keep going and talking yeah, about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and well, that's the first, I had, um, you know, I had never heard of Moby Grape. And so um, when we were chatting at the bars and when the, the, where I was playing and you were playing, and your dad was playing and getting to know each other. Um, oh, I'm like, I had to Google it. And then I, as I Google it and I, I saw like, I read the stories. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> and, then, you know, and then as we uh, got together and like in, this, in, the, in rehearsal studios and just kind of realized that we had something to say and that we were just kind of like, hey, what do you think about this song? And, and then, you know, he would take it and take it somewhere else. Um, I guess the early part of it was just that getting to know you. And then, but I started to realize, wow, this guy's, you know, like I said, he's like, a, I think he's a musical genius. I mean, if you just Google him and, and read him up, you know, you're, you're very lucky. Your dad's uh, a wildly artistic human being. Right. Yeah. And um, so that I, I started to pay attention to that and, and realize that we, we complimented each other. And, the, and the, the vibe we had going was literally just kind of sitting down, having a Perrier and, um, <laughs> And just letting it just flow out. I mean, yeah. it was just literally flow. We would find ourselves in these like old school way of writing, just let something come for like 20, 30 minutes mm -hmm. on a vibe and a, and a vamp. And then we'd sit down and um, we'd literally write the lyrics right there, you know, and, like, yeah. what we wanted to say. Like, and if we were, and if the universe was kind and like we were both, you know, and they would come out and they would work. And, um, you know, and then he'd come back a week later with his um, e track and we would just track it there. And, 
and just keep plowing ahead until we, all these songs appeared. Yeah, that's what his favorite thing is. Forge ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> favorite yeah, yeah. thing. Yeah, right. Um, but so, yeah, so that's a digital board, right? It's called a BR-1180, like, an, I guess, a Boss Roland thing. But um, yeah. or I guess, I don't know if, yeah, it's a digital. But what do you prefer um, for recording? Like, do you like to record analog or digital? Um, like, I mean, I know a lot of people prefer analog because of the sound, uh, but digital for the convenience. Um or, I mean, I feel like the experience of analog is more fun and, you know, intriguing. But if you need to get something done quick, digital is better. Um, but then, then there's all those other, you know, there's ways to save money digitally, too. Yeah. Um, but what's what's your preference? And how do you record your, like, how do you record Road Trip? Um, all, interestingly, I did it all digitally. But I, in order to, like, I didn't cut and paste like you would in Pro Tools. I I, I even purposely went over some lines, like not sloppy, but just making sure that the listener would hear that there was, um, it wasn't the same vocal line from the previous chorus or, you know, it just, it, there was something different. Um, I, I do actually prefer if, if I had my druthers, I would record analog just because uh, that's the way I grew up. And that's, that's the sound that I, that I do like, but digitally speaking, now you can get so close that same warmth can be cheated. So why not for, for expediency sake? So, yeah, a little bit of both. I, I will say this, though. Um, I, I was hired to be the musical director for this film that uh, ended up getting derailed. But it, was, it would have been a great movie. It's called The Last Beat. Uh, what was and it about? It was about the last two weeks of Jim Morrison's life in Paris. Wow. And, uh, and so the director hired me to get like, but it wasn't The Doors. It was, uh, um, I forgot what they were called, but they were, um, it wasn't Jim Morrison. It was Jay Douglas, right? So it was like, a, not a true biopic, but kind of like a, inspired by yeah and so they wanted sound like music and i went into a, my buddy's studio and um jason achilles who okay. I, I knew had a, had a analog studio and i'm like i hired a jazz guy drummer uh, and um my buddy who's an amazing keyboardist lindsey vinoy who's out on tour with um elton john right now cool. i brought him <laughs> in and i i just recorded it live uh trippy's psychedelic doors music all the tape straight to tape and that no you know like no, nothing else and it so did cool. sound like you were in the 60s you know i mean like the yeah. songs just sounded true to the form and even even after being you know digitally copied it was um it was cool to go back there for a minute but can you have can you find that music anywhere or is it just it wasn't released? No, it wasn't released. It was just for the film. Yeah. And oh, okay. Unfortunately, the producers uh, ended up squabbling and they you know, money got in the way. Uh, well, you yeah. can always redo it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Something. Yeah. The, the recordings are really cool. I'd love to get them out there actually someday. Yeah. And like um, before or I wanted to ask you too about who, if you self-produced. Um, well, I'll just move into that. Did you yeah. self-produce Road Trip or did you have? I did. Okay. Yeah. So I was, um, you know, when my buddy moved to Portland to kind of take care of his health and that started, um, I had nothing to do. <laughs> so yeah. I, was like, I was like, all right, well, um, you know, the cat club had closed and then I, I started up a new residency uh, somewhere else, but it was just a little bit different scene. The scene was changing and um, all my usual suspects weren't around. So the same drummer actually for that, that movie that I was just telling you about um, the last beat, I, um, this guy, Stephen Hines, he's an amazing drummer. I said, Hey man, I've got these collections. Of thought. This is like a, a very um, atmospherical record. And uh, it's a little bit more subdued than what I normally do. But I, that's just the mood that I was in talking about, you know, what you feel like expressing. Yeah. And um, I brought him in and it's my buddy Tyler's studio. And just we, we cut the whole thing in a day, you know, and then um, over the next couple of years, I just slowly brought in different musicians and had fun self-producing it. Um, but mixing, uh, I even mixed it which huh. is not for the faint of heart and uh, I'll never do that again. <laughs> so, really? Yeah. It's, yeah. It's like, you play, it's a, it's a black art, you know? I mean, it's, it's just nuts. I, I don't even know how people do it. Like mix their own music or mix in general, mix in general, mix your own, just mixing period. I mean, there's, there's just so much to it. I mean, the, the frequencies yeah. hunting them down is this, you know, right where it should be. Um, and then when it sounds good for a minute and you add another instrument, all of a sudden everything goes wonky and you're hunting those frequencies down for like for a week or two. I mean, it's 
it's just another thing. It just almost takes the soul. By the time I got done with Road Trip, I didn't want to hear it. You know? Yeah. So. <laughs> well, and I mean, like, I'm like, I really enjoy mixing, but I've always had a sound engineer and I like, I've been exploring with sound, but it's like, it's just, it, I feel like it just takes so much time to like learn how to, like, once you know how to do all those things, it's yeah. like, it's easy. And then, you know, but when, you know, I don't know, for whatever reason, it's super daunting too, but it's nice to be the artist telling the engineer what to do. But Oh, I heck yeah. yeah de- well, that a hundred percent. Yeah. Definitely like to, I have uh, strong opinions of uh, what I feel uh, it should sound like. It's just getting that. <laughs> That's the. Well, it definitely sounds like ethereal and atmospheric and like very, like there's a lot of water elements in there too. I feel like. Oh, wow. Trippy. Cool. Yeah I, yeah. I was listening to it on the way down here. Um, again <laughs> uh, <laughs> right it just um yeah there's something like just oceany it's very fluid everything moves perfectly together and then also it just takes you out into space which is like and the lyrics are beautiful um you. and your voice you know seem like a bird <laughs> uh, come on back at you same of, same of your record it's just thing uh i i'm actually very jealous of the of the the honesty and the closeness of your voice on your on your record your ep that you just put out I feel like I'm like right in the room with you. I don't know how you did that. It's just so cool. That's what I want. That was my thing. I was like, I want it to sound like you're in the room with the musicians and Graham Palmer, the engineer, he, um, he really, he made that happen. I mean, he's had a lot of, he's a musician too. He's in a band called, or part of a band called the Mad Caddies. And he's done a, um, I think he has a solo project called Kinotech. Um, But I don't know. He's been playing music for like you forever. Yeah. And I feel like when you're working with a musician who he's also been educated formally in sound engineering okay, um, and just was super easy to work with too. Like would just do whatever you tell him to do um, or ask him to do and yeah. give, he would give a lot of advice, which was really nice. And for some reason, and just the people that I got to work with, you played on there on man on, yeah. the thing yeah. on there. I love that little love that song. <laughs> it, it ended up working out my um, John D. Nicola. He was like, it sounds like cowboy junkie. I was like, oh, I yeah, guess right that's the, okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> yes and no. But I, I wanted it to sound like you were like floating in space and it's totally out of time. The drummer, um, his name's Austin Beatty. He totally played it perfectly out of time because it was uh, on accident because yeah. I like recorded the guitar track just wrong when I did it, but they made it work. <laughs> it sounds beautiful. Yeah. Thanks. And that is, it, it is outer space. Yeah. I, I'd love the way that song's always maybe, I know we, we, we tweaked it a little bit when we play it with the three of us, me, you and yeah. Peter. Um, I love that. I love it that way as well, but I love your, that's the original. Like that, I remember like when you brought that song in, um, that's how you, the way it came out on your record, it's how you brought it in. And, and those I, harmonies that you originally kind of arranged those, I think when we were with Nick, um, our yeah, bass player, Nick and my dad and John, um, we were at a rehearsal one night and then you kind of, you, they were like church or gospel harmonies almost or something. Yeah. Um, which and that I just I wanted that vibe. I wanted it to the guitar, like my electric guitar, to be like slightly out of tune and sound like kind of garage rocky. Yeah. Um, it just I don't know. I I love the vibe. That's a beautiful song. Thank you. Um, but and then yeah, before we go to break, I also wanted to ask really quickly: Where did you say this already? Did you write all the songs for Road Trip um, for the record, or were those like collections of songs that you had had like over the years? Actually, I wrote that for that time, that whole record. Okay. Um, they, um, I was feeling that way. I was feeling, um, I, I was late in my life. I was exposed to Robert Frost, you know, and so I was like, the road not taken. I just, I'm like, what's the big deal with this? <laughs> and then I, I started reading the poem over and over. I'm like, oh my God, I think it's even better to be exposed to that when you're a little bit, because you've obviously yeah. passed a few roads that you can't take again. Um, so that was what, you know, where I was at. I was kind of, you know, in hiatus, right? With my band was like, kind of just not there anymore and even and my cat club was gone i was in a different residency in a different place um so that's how i was feeling and then um and i just wrote it and i had i had time on my hands so i was like why not you know let's let's, let's put this fun record together and one of those songs and my buddy tyler was kind and helped get um soldier of fortune the song that you like in uh the purge one of the it's a tv show that was out on usa i believe I was thinking that that would be a great song for film or like TV or something when I was listening to it. And it's interesting. There aren't really many lyrics, but you say so much, you know, oh, right on. Yeah, that, the music that, really cool. carries it. <laughs> that's cool that you picked that up. Yeah. That one, I, I really wanted to be that person. I wanted to be that you know, concise. Like, yeah. It was kind of tough to do, but I felt like I, I was able to get that off. 
totally and it but and it's like what is it a three or four minute song yeah yeah, yeah. That, that's uh wizardry musical oh, wizardry some <laughs> <Dumb> luck <laughs> yeah all right <laughs> well yeah i'll remind everybody of who i've got today in the studio um, you're listening to the Arwen Lewis radio show. And today, my very special guest is a musician and songwriter, touring musician as well, George Adrian. Uh, we're featuring songs from his album Road Trip, um, his uh, most recent solo release, and talking about his projects um, coming up in the future, a band called Seven Stars. We're going to be releasing an EP. He's also a bandmate to me and my dad, Peter Lewis, from Moby Grape. We're going to record a live EP in Solvang, California on August 23rd. And George and I, um, let's tell them about our yeah, show really quick. Yeah, about that, yeah. We're gonna, I'm going to take everybody out to break, but we are going to be performing um, Saturday, August 5th. Uh, at the Redwood Bar and Grill in downtown Los Angeles as part of the International Pop Overthrow Music Festival. Tickets are free, so you can just show up and attend the show. We hope you do. And we're going to take you out to break with his song, Grass is Dying. And then we'll bring you back in with another one of his songs called uh, Air. (laughs) So please enjoy. These songs are from Road Trip. And we'll talk to you in a minute. everybody you're listening to arwin lewis on the arwin lewis radio show my very special guest today is musician musician singer songwriter and touring musician george adrian from los angeles california and uh, you just heard his song air off of his um, solo album called road trip and that was self-produced self-recorded and he's got a new project in the works um a band called seven stars a trio and George, I thought we could talk a little bit about your recording process with Seven Star, a little more in depth than your songwriting process. And um, can we expect a tour or what's going to, you know, yeah, what can yeah. we expect? <clears throat> well, um, it's, it's, it's certainly a, it's a, it's a departure from road trip. <laughs> so what, what happened was um, 
As I was, um, I reconnected with my my buddy Alex, and we talked about putting something together. Um, I, well, I was touring with Jerry Cantrell, and for the last, I think we started back in 20, 2020 or twenty twenty one. I can't remember when we did this Grammy thing, but it was it was a couple of years ago at least. And um, that turned into the whole Brighton. He has a, a solo album. His latest release is called Brighton. It's actually an amazing record um, for people that are into Jerry Cantrell's music. I think it's, uh, it's his first solo album in 20 years. Wow. Oh, it's, I didn't realize yeah. that. Okay. Yeah, it's it's an amazing piece of work. Um, I, I can't say enough about it. I love every song on there is special. Yeah. And um, we so when I was, you know, touring and being exposed to the play we were playing i think we had, we were given like 65 songs for the tour <laughs> it was a lot you know how long and did we, that take to learn them uh it took a minute you know and um i think we ended up playing like 45 to 50 of them and um it's when you're so you're you're deep diving into this man's music right and so obviously a lot of that rubbed off on me um while i was doing this and um he has a, such a unique way of surprise and the way that he puts his um his like his arrangements are, are very unique, right? I mean, from vocals to just the actual song arrangement. So that that definitely, even things that I, I'm like, how did you make a song out of that sound? You know, it's like, it's just, it's, it's mind blowing sometimes. So um, that all was started to like, you know, through osmosis come into me. And um, the Audrey, the, our, she's our bass player in our, this trio. She's, she's more of, um, even though I was playing and touring with Jerry Cantrell, I'm, I'm not really into that that much heavy music as uh, as much as audrey is you know oh, she really uh, loves so, yeah she just loves so, awesome. um, so she brings that you know and i definitely have um i think i just really love chicago pop you know yeah and, you, know, the, you know that cheap trick kind of a vibe and um and alex is you know tends to lean a little bit jazz but he's just he's when i say world-class drummer i mean he's just world he's ridiculous so his pocket is so nuts um that whatever you play is going to sound good so like there's very little work for for myself so um and audrey just brings you know she just kind of keeps us rooted a little bit towards the heavy stuff so if i get a little too weird you know it's still uh, it just gives like a very cool vibe I, I guess that's that's what's happening here and we all just keep smiling and laughing and and we love that our our three points of view are turning into this one point of view like you know a trap like a proper band yeah. um and, and Audrey also, by the way, is a classically trained singer. So uh, she okay. sings, uh, you know, literally, I think she sings in a choir, like soul, the whole nine. And um, she's got like a weekly gig. And um, I don't know why she doesn't want to do the lead singing <laughs> better than I am. So, uh, so, but because of that, we, and also being exposed to all this heavy, I mean, one of the main reasons I got the gig with Jerry was because of singing, right? He wanted a, a, a real lot. He didn't want to, there was no tapes. You know, uh, we were playing Lollapalooza in Sweden last summer, and I walked around and I was looking at all these bands. Everybody had, I mean, everybody had tapes, you know, they were oh just background. And, you know, we were zero tapes. <laughs> it was, I mean, zero. We were as live as live gets. And the a lot only of those day. harmonies were produced and, you know, and we were doing them live. You know, it was it was a really cool feeling to to look around four or five of us that could sing really well together and, and um, you know, do some of these, even the Alice songs and, and especially his songs. Um, so one thing I said with, with Audrey, I'm like, let's let's bring vocal heaviness into this, you know, and she's such a great singer and harmonizer. So and of course, with your dad and you as well. I mean, I, I feel like that's my, my life's been pushing me that way. So so that's what that is. It's a, it's a vocal heavy band. Uh, heavy. Yeah. A vocal heavy man. Well, and I mean, that's I mean, that's the most important thing about. You know, I mean, if you're going commercial, I feel like, you know, you, the voice, the character is there. And like, I mean, I'm sure she pro I can't wait to hear this because I'm sure she no. probably just compliments you really well because you have a very distinct timber and sound to your voice. Um, and it's like totally commercial sounding and, you know, no, and thanks. like Jerry Cantrell, too, like nobody sounds like him. And I think I saw you guys in Ventura and I was like, so just happy with how great it sounded live. Oh, like, right saying, like yeah. not everybody can pull that off live. And so I'm really looking forward to hearing this new project that you have a seven star too. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. I'm stoked. Um, Well, and talking about like, so playing at Lollapalooza versus like the cat club, what do you, what's your favorite environment to perform in or, or do you love both? Um, Do you Uh, you got It's both, you know, they're both, um, uh, they're both surreal. I mean, you're out there playing music, you know, Um, the, some of the bigger festivals that we played on on the tour, 
um, they were fun, but I, I think I had more fun. You know, we were when we were playing the theaters. You know, there was yeah. especially some of the tighter shows. Like there were some places in, in like in Europe where there was hot and sweaty. It was over the summer last summer, and it was it was a proper rock show. You know, yeah. I mean, it, was, it was cool, and we were tight. You know, it was a seven piece band, and, yeah. and you know, it was there was a lot of music going on. So. Well, and like I just feel like that and proper rock show you know like with all the energy with the huge crowd just like out yeah. there like do you feel like that moves you like when oh you're god yeah. yeah yeah and then like i mean and i feel like that compared to playing in a small club like when you're in a small club it's almost like a little more intimidating you know so you could but it like 100 percent. yeah you you know there's you're just so naked in a, in a smaller setting like that you know but then i feel like that also kind of like I don't know. I, I took an acting class once in the act, the teacher, he said, you know, use your anxiety or performance anxiety or whatever that is to like fuel your, give yourself fuel to like find your energy and like learn how to channel that into your art. And um, I, yeah. And so great advice. Like, yeah. And when you're, you know, at, in a, it's almost easier. Cause like when you're at a large setting, because you're not as exposed, you're further away from the crowd, but there's so much energy coming at you that you've got this adrenaline rush. And then um, when you're in a small club, it's kind of like, okay, like I have to be a little more, I don't know, astute to what I'm doing, I guess, and release the, um, whatever the judgment and just do it <laughs> here anyways. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's um, an esoteric art, you know, I mean, it, yeah. it, it is what it is. I mean, it's, it's beautiful. We're all drawn to it. You know, it's yeah. the flame or the moth, you know, it's cool. I mean, I don't know. Um, it's a, it's a lifelong endeavor if you get bit like this and you know that you're, you know, look at your dad, look at you. Yeah. um you just you never stop learning you never stop meeting interesting people and doing interesting things because of it and um and, and if you're an interested person you know i mean it's just it's it's fuel for the for the whole you know the whole thing totally and that's like i mean my favorite part about it is the community that it creates and it's it's i feel like freedom you know it's a pure form of freedom like you can ex if you speak the language you can express yourself however you know you feel like it and then also like you know if you're a songwriter if you're telling a story sometimes somebody just needs to hear that or wants to hear yeah. that and then you inspire them and it's this like snowball effect of inspiration which i think is a beautiful part of life so why shouldn't it be celebrated <laughs> absolutely <laughs> yeah 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 that, i mean that's uh, you couldn't i couldn't say that better absolutely thank yeah. you <laughs> 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 i love being no, heck yeah being right um, so are you excited for our gig yeah i'm so looking forward to that i don't we've never done a gig together we've before. never done just the <laughs> two of us yeah i'm kind of stoked to see us i, I think we're gonna do all right come on well, yeah, and yeah. let's just tell everybody the reason why my dad's not going to be in L.A. is because he said 2 p.m. is too early. <laughs> <laughs> the dude. Yeah, I love that. Um, um, no, but I mean, it's that's a lot for him. He's 78. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. God bless him, though. I mean, I always bring him up to people when they talk about, you know, being a lifer musician. What I'm like, you know what? Peter Lewis of Moby Grape is 78 years old, 77, 76. And he's out there, you know, trucking to Los Angeles, having sessions, playing shows, uh, writing, putting out amazing records, never stops churning. You know, just it's always creating. It's just it's, that's how he thinks. It's his language. And I, I mean, I feel so lucky to have gotten to study with him and to be working with him and to yeah. meet you like all of this. It's like, how did this happen? <laughs> you know, like it was like a pipe dream. And now I get to live it. So that's awesome. Be yeah, it is hard. awesome. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, um, I'll tell our listeners a little bit about our show that's coming up on August 5th. We'll be George Adrian and I. George Adrian is my special guest. If you're just tuning in, we're talking about his extensive career in the music business and his career as a songwriter and recording artist and touring musician and his new band, Seven Star, and a project that he's working on with me and my dad, Peter Lewis from Moby Grape. George and I will be performing um, each of our original songs at uh, the Redwood Bar this or next Saturday, August 5th. And that's going to be uh, 2 p.m. as part of the International Pop Overthrow Music Festival. It's a free show, so we hope to see you there. You can find out more about George Adrian at georgeadrian.com, at official George Adrian on Instagram or under his name, George Adrian, on any of your favorite digital listening platforms. You're listening to The Arwen Lewis Show, and we're going to take you out to break with a song from George Adrian's band, Jay. It's called Sunset and Dreams, and we'll bring you back in with his song from his album, Road Trip, called Hurts to Hate Your Karma. Mm -hmm. 
bodies in the kitchen Waiting on the indecision Midwife stop the final bitching Waiting on the last incision I can taste the salt and tears When my mouth is full of loss I can trace the wasted years Against the time upon the cross Upon the cross This is Arwen Lewis. You're listening to the Arwen Lewis Radio Show. I have a very special guest today. This is George Adrian on my show. He's a Los Angeles-based musician, songwriter, recording artist, um, and has had some great experience in composing for film as well. And uh, we're talking about his extensive career in the music business, all of his amazing projects, some that he's released, some that are coming up to be released. And... um, George, so as a songwriter, I thought, you know, maybe we could talk about are, are all of the songs, um, is the process the same for all the songs you write? And also, I wanted to ask if you could write a song with one person who you haven't written with yet, who would it be? Oh, um, alive or dead? It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Uh, that would be easy. I'd be Leonard Cohen, you know? Oh, yeah. So, yeah. A- Why Leonard Cohen? Uh, I'm a devotee. Uh, huge fans since uh, forever um god uh i got i've got his books um i've read so many biographies the guy's he's an interesting human having a wild life and as, as your dad uh, once put it a stone cold poet you know so yeah um and and that's i i think if anything that i do the most uh, on a daily basis artistically is i, I just write um like a lyric or just the, or anything you know um i try to kind of pay attention to the air birds whatever the universe and um i it seems like there's always like something like a message being beamed out of somewhere and um i will write it down sometimes it might be just a paragraph um sometimes it's like two pages right and so i'm all like every day that's my process and so if anything i think yeah i just i I love that the most is expressing myself like on a, a feeling that way and you know when you meet um i mean of course there's people like bob dylan i mean the you know history is littered with great minds and great artists and great poets. Um, but I think Leonard Cohen, uh, he was, um, for whatever reason, got me right off the bat, you know, yeah. and um, it's cool that Jeff Buckley made um, Hallelujah like, super duper famous. Um, and I think more and more people got into him uh, after that, you know. Um, yeah, I got to pick him just because I would love to just sit in a room and, and let let him tear apart my lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh well i mean he's he's just there's nothing like him you know um and i mean but and that's it's interesting to hear you say that because i can totally hear that lyrically in your music but like musically i mean i feel like you've i mean and road trip actually it has a lot of really cool folky stuff but i feel like if you know it floats off and just it's a little more i don't know just a little more raw but not raw like leonard yeah. cohen was more raw and then yours right. yeah. more like um just like built up, which is really cool. But that's really interesting that he's a foundation. I really love that song by him called Suzanne. Oh, great song. Yeah. yeah. There was a Suzanne too. Yeah. I thought I heard it was Janice, Janice Joplin. That's what my right. dad told me. Is it really? I thought that was the, the girl that he was um, enamored with his whole life that he met in Greece. She was Swedish. They lived together for a minute. 
You're probably right. My I don't know. Well, who knows? I could be wrong. It's, it's been a minute since I read those. My dad likes to tell yeah. stories. <laughs> yeah, maybe it was. Yeah. Or maybe, you know, who knows? I mean, you're probably right. It sounds like you're very. I don't know. We'll have to Google it. <laughs> yeah. Can I get my phone? I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, and did you start writing songs from a really young age or was it when you started playing music too or when? Yeah, no, um, I didn't write songs, um, song like complete songs till like I was probably in high school. But um, yeah, I like I, when I switched to guitars, when I started like really composing, like, I, like digging it like that way. And then and I would be, um, you know, learning to sing. I had, I was teaching at a school at one point, like this, um, it was a music school uh, in Chicago. And, and there was like a, 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 vo a vocal coach there, vocal okay. teacher. And we would trade, I think like guitar lessons for voice lessons or something like that. And then I would go home and I would, I'd practice the chagrin of my neighbors, you know, just doing lots of skills and whatnot. But I always took it very, I always kind of have like the, Picasso approach versus the yeah. Van Gogh approach to, to you know being a musician. I think um, whereas whereas Van Gogh is like really just raw passion, and Picasso is like raw passion, but also technical excellence. Like you can tell, he spent a lot of time doing scales, so to speak, right? You know, really honing his craft. Um, I think that if you could push yourself to get that balance of, you know, get get proficient with your instrument or instruments. Uh, to an expert level, or at least as close as you can, you know, and then um, and then leave that room for creation. Totally. And I agree with you. And I love ending on this note because we're going to give an example of what George is just describing um, with his songwriting process. We're going to feature in its in its entirety. Tire, we're, <laughs> to this. we're going to feature in its entirety George Adrian's song, The Grass is Dying. And that's a song from his album Road Trip, uh, his most recent uh, solo release. And he's got some really amazing things coming up in the future, too. And you can also come see me and George live at the Redwood Bar in Los Angeles on Saturday, August 5th at 2 p.m. It's a free show, part of the International Pop Overthrow Music Festival. My special guest today has been George Adrian. I'm Arwen Lewis, and you're listening to the Arwen Lewis Radio Show. Find out more about George Adrian at georgeadrian.com, at official George Adrian on Instagram, and under his name, under your favorite digital platforms. Thanks for listening to the Arwen Lewis show and please enjoy the grass is dying.
Arwen Lewis Show was brought to you by Evolve Entertainment. Host, Arwen Lewis. Executive producer, Jeremiah D. Higgins. Producer and sound engineer, Richard Dr. D. Dugan. You can find Arwen Lewis and all of her music at arwenlewismusic.com. And follow her on Instagram at arwenlewis.com.